Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Hello, I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic Walking, and I'd like to give you a big welcome to Walking On Air, the podcast for the Nordic Walking community. Here we talk to experts and learn about the benefits of walking in general and Nordic walking in particular, as well as other great tips for well-being and improved health. Before I introduce today's guest, I would like to ask a favour of you all. Please share this podcast with your friends and clients. Together we will spread the word about the great form of exercise that is Nordic walking. Increasing awareness of the benefits will hopefully encourage more people to take it up and turn Nordic walking into a mainstream sport. Today, I am talking to Cristina González-Castro from Spain, who is a national Nordic walking trainer for INWA. Cristina has BSCs in Sports Science, Health and Exercise 
and in radiation therapy and oncology, as well as qualifications in applied positive psychology and coaching psychology. She is a life and health coach and lectures at various universities and also has her own podcast called The Nordic Walking Podcast. Christina has spent over a decade working with cancer survivors and in this episode, our conversation is about the benefits that Nordic walking confers on people undergoing cancer treatment. Welcome to the Walking On Air podcast, Christina. It's lovely to have you here today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I want to start, as I always start, by asking you how you first discovered Nordic walking. Well, as in with most important things in life, it was by chance. I was living in London at the time and my Finnish flatmate suggested a trip, a road trip through Finland. And it was doing a little bit of research for that trip that I came across Nordic walking. And I remember telling her, look, Nordic walking. And she was like, oh, yeah, my mum does that. And I was like, what do you mean your mum does? No, it's just walking with sticks. <laughs> and she was not enthusiastic at all about it. But I don't know. Somehow I, I, I sensed that there was something else to it. So I emailed someone in Finland and they referred me to an um, um, organization based on, on the UK because they didn't have any courses in English. And I was studying sports science at the time. So I became a Nordic walking instructor at, in the UK, London, in 2006. <laughs> oh, so you were one of the early ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what benefits did you experience when you started uh, Nordic walking initially? Hmm. Well, I've always been into sports and I've been pretty active all my life, but obviously I'm not getting younger <laughs> and I used to run. And um, when I discovered Nordic walking, one of the main things that really caught my eye was that it's it's a whole body exercise but the impact is very low so I gradually shifted from running to Nordic walking and it was a really nice transition that I did and yeah I didn't because you know when you're when you run you get the the runners high and all that but I managed to do that with Nordic walking so that's probably what really yeah (laughs) okay so which aspect of Nordic walking do you find most rewarding um, my for myself as an yes. instructor yes well to be honest I mean I've been teaching quite a few years now and because I'm in the healthcare setting I mean I really love the way Nordic walking empowers people because most of my clients you know they have some kind of health issue and sometimes not only physically but psychologically they're not in the best you know state and it really gives them a boost to have the poet and, and, and see, oh, my God, look what I'm able to do. Because, you know, <laughs> yes, I think that's the thing that I like the most about Nordic walking, that it, it empowers people. It really does. And today's episode, we're mostly going to focus on um, talking about how Nordic walking can help people who are recovering from breast cancer, because that is an area in which you specialise. So I wanted to start, first of all, by setting the um, picture and asking how does breast cancer treatment affect somebody's physical fitness? Hmm. Well, that's a tricky question because no two cases are the same. (laughs) Even if two people have the same treatment, the side effects don't necessarily have to be the same one. So um, it can depend. But 
having said that, one of the main side effects of cancer in general, not only breast cancer, is uh, cancer-related fatigue. So, and that's a, bit, a, a pretty big one because, you know, people without cancer, we think, okay, you're tired, you just rest and that's it. But cancer-related fatigue does not go away with rest. So if you don't know that, you would think in a logical way and think, okay, I'm tired, I get some rest, tomorrow I'll be better. And that, that's not going to happen. So if you don't know that um, being active actually improves uh, cancer-related fatigue, you wouldn't necessarily think about getting out and doing something. And so I think cancer-related fatigue is one of the big ones in cancer in general. But then specifically talking about uh, breast cancer, of course, range of movement at shoulder level is, is quite a big one as well. And then other things, but, you know, and probably those are the two most important ones. Yeah. And so how does Nordic walking play into that and help with somebody's recovery? Yeah. Well, regarding cancer-related fatigue, it's, it's a great match because Nordic walking, as you know, um, is a whole body exercise. But because we are dividing the effort between the upper and the lower body, perceived exertion is very low. So the, the feeling of tiredness that people have is very low. So if you have someone who's reluctant to do things because, you know, I'm tired and I've got cancer and... Uh, but then you have this activity, which is a whole body activity, but you're not going to get that uh, sense of tiredness that you would get with running or, or cycling or, or swimming. So that's a really good match. So it fits really well with cancer-related fatigue. And then regarding range of motion, for instance, Nordic walking, we, we move our arm back and forth. So it improves range of motion. It improves posture as well, which is sometimes an issue with people with uh, breast cancer because when you have one of your shoulders affected you usually tend to protect your shoulder so you adopt a um, not very good posture because you tend to lean forward to protect that shoulder so posture is a good one as well well there's there's loads actually <laughs> the scientific studies even on atralgia which is a pain on your joints uh, due to um, uh, hormone therapy and stuff like that so there's a lot of little things that can help and probably the biggest one and the one that people hear the most is improvements in lymphatic return yes uh, if you practice nordic walking that's sometimes why they say no nordic walking is really good for breast cancer because uh, it can prevent or control lymphedema okay there is a but <sighs> that's because we open and close our hands we're using a, a pump that's a pumping action so if you don't open and close your hands you won't have that benefit okay. but if you do if you do have a, a proper technique um it improves circulation both blood and lymphatic circulation so i don't know if people know what lymphedema is but it's it's a failure of the lymphatic system so it results in in lymphatic tissue on your arm so it you can see sometimes uh, ladies with a swollen arm so that's because the there's a liquid there that doesn't um, go back to the heart in, in the way you should because the lymphatic system is affected so so yeah nordic walking is a very big one with uh, with lymphatic return it's it's got good benefits there so a lot of things you know range of motion um, it's good for for keeping them up to keep them active because of the fatigue uh, it's got um, postural benefits even pain 
And you know, yeah, no, loads of nice things. <laughs> oh, and, and yes. sorry, yes. and very important, the psychological side of it is really important as well because one thing is our physical health and another thing is our psychological health. They're both linked, of course. Yeah. And um, Nordic walking is a very social activity. And uh, working with people with, with cancer, you can see that they usually create these really strong bonds with each other. So that's a really nice and easy thing to do with Nordic walking because we do that anyway with, with groups with no disease. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good one, the psychological benefits, yeah. I suppose it must be very beneficial for people feeling that there are other people going through the same treatment as them at the same time and getting a lot of support from that. Yeah, and also being able to walk with people with no problems at all and yes. seeing that they, they can actually share something with, with, with people who are not in that. So there's the two sides of it. I mean, sometimes they get support because, okay, this person can understand me because they're going through the same thing I, as I'm, I'm going. But on the, other hand, sometimes, on the other hand, sometimes you want to get your mind out of it and think of, you know, a normal life. Yes. And that's, that's, a good, uh, that's a good one as well. Because it, it's kind of getting, yeah, things into normal, yeah, normal life again for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're teaching people who are undergoing treatment, do you have to adapt uh, the 10-step technique in any way? Yeah, well, as instructors, I guess that we all adapt the 10-step technique to all of our clients. Um, it depends on the person, of course. Um uh, what I, do, I mean, there's some things that you have to keep in mind when you're teaching people with breast cancer, like breathing exercises because they favor lymphatic return as well, and some mobility exercises. So there's, there's some key things that you should uh, bear in mind. And uh, when teaching the actual 10 steps, you have to adapt to your client, but that happens anyway, if, even if yeah. someone doesn't have breast cancer. So, Yeah. <laughs> And you've been involved in Spain in a programme specifically to help breast cancer survivors, haven't you? Um, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about that programme? Hmm. Well, what I've done is uh, I came, I, I lived in the UK for 10 years and I came in, back in 2012, I think it was. And since then I've been working um, because I have a degree in sports science, but I have another one in radiotherapy and oncology. So I, I, I know the clinical setting as well. I was in the radiotherapy department. So I kind of mixed both things when I came here and I started working on exercise and cancer patients uh, in general and in particular with uh, breast cancer patients. And I work with loads of different associations and I teach at university sometimes like, um, uh, physiotherapy students who are um, training as, a, as in the speciality of oncology in, in you know so and I teach them Nordic walking so that's really nice because they can use Nordic walking as a tool with their patients and um, of course in a different way that we do it as instructors because they are um, you know healthcare professionals but um, yeah it's not that they have an actual program it's just that I'm, I'm involved in all this uh, it, it's an emerging field in Spain I mean exercise and cancer wasn't really in the same sentence before <laughs> everyone would tell you what no they they are sick they can't do anything and nowadays it's it's getting stronger because of initiatives in hospitals in at universities things like that and I'm I'm a little bit involved in in different things with different universities and and yeah these kind of projects hmm. 
it's really fascinating and and it's a great emerging field that people are recognizing the importance of exercise mm. in uh, rehabilitation for people from all sorts of diseases how soon after treatment can somebody start taking up nordic walking well that's always for the medical team to decide however having said that there is a lot of scientific evidence stating that you should keep active during treatment as well. Okay. So, and I have been teaching Nordic walking and giving sessions to people under radiotherapy treatment and under chemotherapy and hormonal treatment. But you have always have to be in, in, in contact with the medical team because you know everyone's uh, case is different. But there's, there's plenty of research, plenty, like 10, 20 or 30 years of research um, that state that physical activity is good and that you should also be keep active during treatment. Of course, you don't have to go like crazy in the gym in that period. When, when, when we talk about physical activity and oncology, before treatment, it's, the goal is to get to treatment in the best possible shape. Yeah. During treatment is to maintain our shape because obviously there's going to be a decline. And after that, we can start talking about rehabilitation and, you know, back, getting back to normal, as we would say. Yeah. And so what advice do you give to people who possibly don't have a history of exercise, but get their diagnosis and they might be a little bit reluctant? How do you go about persuading them of the benefits? Yeah, well, Nordic walking has a very good chance there because usually what doctors recommend is walking. And usually, I mean, these, there's, there's studies on this, walking is the preferred physical activity for all patients of all diseases or kind of. So if you, if you walk, and we all know how to walk, Nordic walking is very easy. It's not like taking up, I don't know, imagine swimming. If you don't know how to swim, you have to yeah. learn. But Nordic walking is based on natural walking. So when people come to my classes, I usually tell them, sometimes they're a little bit unsure. Oh, my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I was like, hold on. How, how did you get here? No, I came by car. No, no, here, walking. Yeah, well, if you walk, you almost Nordic walk. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's very easy to learn. And once they start, you know, the session, they realize that, the only thing that you need is a little bit of instruction from a, a good uh, uh, instructor that can take that, that transition between, uh, from walking to Nordic walking in a smooth way, because it can be done in a very smooth way. And that's, that's when they realize, oh, my God, I'm able to do this and I'm exercising. And wow. And they take responsibility of their own healthcare in, in, in that sense, because obviously, um, Cancer treatment is passive, you know, you, you receive it, there's nothing you can do about it. And, and I, I always tell them, focus on the things that you can do for your own, you know, and, uh, and Nordic walking is one of them. That's, that's why I was talking before about the, the sense of um, how, how Nordic walking empowers people yeah. in this. I, I see that very much in, in, in populations with, with cancer, yeah. And are there any people within that population for whom Nordic walking would not be a good idea? Um, that again, that's for the medical team to say, but I doubt it. I mean, if you can walk, you can Nordic walk. So I can't think of, if you can walk, you can Nordic walk, I would say that. But obviously it's, it's for the medical team to say, but yes. I, 
I think you can always adapt it. Even even people with uh, COPD, they, they know they walk. And sometimes they just know they walk 10 meters because that's all they can do with their oxygen in the backpack. But 10 meters is better than none. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'd, 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 I can't see why someone who can walk can't know to walk. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And is the one of the 10 steps that you find particularly beneficial? Um, to me, the 10 steps, they work as a team. <laughs> I love teamwork and I, I love teamwork with the 10 steps as well. I mean, the magic about the 10 steps for me is that, yeah, they work as a team. It, it's, it's the way, the 10 step method is, is the way to do that transition from walking to Nordic walking in a very smooth and natural way. I find it, I find that that's very easy for, for my students and my, and my clients to, to take and they do understand it. I mean, it's amazing because when they come to the class, they think, oh my God, this is very complicated. Then suddenly they think, oh no, it's really easy. And then again, they go like, oh my God, but there's too many things to, <laughs> to think about. But yeah, no, I, I wouldn't point at one in particular. I like the 10 as a whole. Of course, you have to adapt it to people, yes. you know, yeah. like the, some, some of them are tricky, like rotation. Most of adults, we have a lack of rotation. But, but I think the nice thing about the 10 steps is that they actually give you the, the big picture of what walking is. Yeah. And um, just thinking back to your work with, breath, with cancer patients, are there any particular case studies where you've seen somebody being completely transformed through Nordic walking? Yeah, I mean, um, in my experience, not in a yes. paper, but in my experience, it's amazing what it can do. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the bit about empowering people that I was telling you about before. I, I, I worked with people who... They, they thanked me so many times for introducing them to Nordic walking because I think it's difficult to explain to someone who hasn't got a health issue, but when you have a health issue, a serious health issue, sometimes you, you feel very disorientated and kind of like devastated like psychologically because you don't know what to do, you think you're useless, you, you've never exercised before, and suddenly someone tells you, look, you will be able to do this, don't worry at all, it's just a pair of poles and you just have to walk. And they, they start seeing how they get gains, uh, you know, they, 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 it's very important for the instructor to, to uh, program the session or, or the goal of, of the activity for that person in a in a proper way so they they can achieve the goals that they they want to achieve because if you if you state something that's really unrealistic you're going to demotivate that person but if you do it in a proper way it's amazing how they they give strength to themselves they empower themselves a lot because they see that they make a lot of progress i mean it's silly things sometimes it's like oh i can't walk more than 20 minutes but then two weeks later or three weeks later they're like oh my god i've done 30 minutes and i've done more uh, than before and that really gives them a, a huge boost so yeah it's amazing <laughs> i had an experience recently with somebody who's had a long-term illness and has said that um for years she'd just seen her body as something that let her down and since starting nordic walking she's realized that her body is stronger and capable of more than she had realized for the last few years and it's completely just changed her attitude towards her own physical self which is wonderful 
really yes yes no and and it's those links that we were talking about before between physical health and psychological health they're really important it's it's amazing yeah (laughs) and uh finally i wanted to ask you what your top tip for walking on air would be (laughs) that's a that's a tough one (laughs) i do have three questions though that i ask myself on a regular basis and my top tip would be have a positive answer for those questions and if you don't have it do something about it and the three questions are (laughs) are you happy with what you do are you happy with where you're living and are you happy with whom you're living with so if you fail to give a positive answer to any of them do something about it because life is what we make out of it Those are great questions and can be applied to all sorts of situations, not just Nordic walkers. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today, Christina. You've been a great guest and it's been an absolute joy to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to find out more, please do visit Christina's website, researchfunnw.com. That's research, the number four, nw.com. There you will find links to her e-learning course called Nordic Walking Fundamentals, which is in English and Spanish, as well as to her book, Exercise and Cancer, Myths, Legends and Recommendations, which is published in Spanish. Also, I can highly recommend listening to Christina's podcast by visiting your favourite podcast platform and searching for The Nordic Walking Podcast. I will put links to her site and other research in the show notes. I really hope that you enjoyed Walking On Air and that it has inspired you to get outside. If you have any questions about Nordic walking or a story that you want to share, please get in touch by emailing hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening, and if you have enjoyed doing so, then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on, and hit the subscribe button. It will help spread the word about Nordic walking and about this podcast. Do join me next week. Finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.